This episode of Off the Record was recorded on Spotify Greenroom. For all our live episodes, once a month, you'll be able to catch us on Spotify Greenroom. Make sure you get the app. Enjoy the show. Yo. Yo, could you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, hey, listen, uh, for everybody who's here watching us or actually listening to us, I just want to say, listen, uh, welcome to our very first episode of Off the Record Live on Spotify Greenroom. Uh, my guest today... Uh, is none other than the uh, 22-year-old rapper and singer. Some of y'all might know him for his appearance on the song that literally was everywhere, okay? Mood with 24K Golden. Um, some of y'all might know him for his uh, unique style, which could be, I, I think, what would you call your style? Like a blend of like pop rock and hip-hop? That's that's about accurate? It's kind of hard to identify, you know? Because right now I've been blending through so many genres the Sundays I'll feel like dressing like I'm fucking Michael Jackson or the next day I'm just chilling in like, you know, like just some fucking Amiri, like on some rapper shit. Like, I don't know. I can never make my mind up, but yeah, you could just identify me as just like a different style. Yeah. Well, regardless, um, for everybody who's in the chat, ladies and gentlemen, all the brands, all the, the chat dudes, the chat niggas, listen, Welcome, Andy Dior, to our podcast, and this is the first time I'm doing this. Usually, I'm in person, but this is, like, some dope shit where, like, we could be on opposite side of the fucking world, and we could just do this some great shit. Um, first and foremost, I was mentioning this right before you got in, but I also saw you tweet about this. Um, you know, I said my condolences. I said, you know, rest in peace, you know, young Dolph. I seen you also tweet about it. You have any quick thoughts? Um, yeah, man. man, all I, all I got to say is, look, I fucked with young Dolph heavy. I thought he was on his own wave. Like, he was always doing his own thing. So, like, I didn't hear about it until I, I got home this morning. You know, my one of my uh, OGs told me. It was it's just sad, bro. Like, it's really sad. Especially, like, whenever it's someone that you, like, really, like, respect and, like, look up to. To just, like, you know, be gone the next day. So, I just send my condolences and blessings to his family. Nah, absolutely. And I mean, you're an artist too, though, right? Like, you know, the conversation I was having is like, man, we don't know necessarily what the circumstances were around his death. But like being an entertainer, you kind of have to either have your head on a swivel or you got to be very careful. Like, do you take type of like precautions when going out? You know, he was going out to grab some cookies. You know what I mean? Like oftentimes entertainers feel like, hey, if you're not on the scene, you could just kind of be regular. But Move around, yeah. No, nah, I'd I be moving smart, you know, because you never know when something could happen. I always got security with me, you know, and, you know, I'm not here to say, like, I'm a street nigga or, like, anything like that because I kind of veer away from that. I don't make music like that. I kind of make music that's just real to me. But, of course, like be, like you said, being an entertainer, like, you got to move smart. And I didn't know that he was just going to get cookies. Like, you, you know, like, exactly what happened? Like, what was the story? I just heard that he passed. Yeah, so um, apparently, allegedly, right? So he he's in Memphis, right? Like, he grows up in Memphis. You know, a lot of people usually say, you got to leave where you come from. But, like, you know, he probably got family, friends that's there. He goes to, like, this one, like, super popular, like, you know, um, cookie spot to pick up cookies for his mom. Um, and apparently he's waiting in the store and some dudes just pull up and just start shooting. You know what I mean? And, you know, obviously that's very unexpected. But again, it becomes that I feel like it's almost a catch-22. Everybody says you got to leave your hood. You got to leave where you kind of grow up at because. Yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of like a bittersweet celebration. Like, 
yeah, like that's your city now. Everybody know you. But the same niggas that didn't fuck with you then, they don't fuck with you now. And they kind of just like envy you. So like they just trying to take everything you got. Yeah. That's why I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I haven't been home in, in a while. You know? Like I either find mm. my family out here or like we'll go like somewhere like in vacation because you know, for one, I'm trying to stay away from that, you know, and I always have security on me, but like, I just don't want to have that on my mind thinking, because I, you know, I grew up in Puerto Rico, like we were homeless, like, my dad kind of taught me, you know, how to move and how to maneuver around people that, you know, people like that, but yeah, man, I just, I try to stay safe, you know, I gotta, I'm I'm only at the beginning of my career, so like, I'm not trying to die young, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's almost, you know, it, it's kind of sad that it's kind of become a little bit normalized where we're losing so many legends, like just way before their time, you know, um, you're speaking about your come up, though, right? You know, obviously, you came up and and like, I feel like the way you burst onto the scene, like, a lot of people were either confused or people were like, yo, hey, like, where did this guy come from? Right? Like, just right. kind of give some of the background in terms of like, how do you, you actually made it? Look, so, like, I remember, I'll say I was about 18, and I had checked Juice World's page. And because I, fo- I found Juice World, like, way before, like, Lucid Dreams probably had, like, 60,000 streams on SoundCloud. But the, the song that caught me was All Girls, All Girls Are The Same. And then I started going through all his other shit, and I really fucked with him. And that's how I found, about, uh, found out about Internet Money. So my, mm-hmm. like, my plan was to get signed to internet money and see what see what happened because i knew i had the potential and i had gave my whole life to music like there was no way it could go wrong so eventually you know taz asked me to fly out to la you know on the way to la i changed my name to ian dior it was olma which is my my last name Cause you know, like I play basketball and shit, and you know everybody calls each other by the, by their last name. So like it was easy for people to recognize that that was me. But whenever I left on the on the flight to LA, you know I was sitting with myself and I was just thinking, and I wanted a fresh start. I wanted to be known as a new person, so that's why I changed my name. Ian's my middle name, and then Dior was just like like a brand that I really fucked with, but I couldn't afford it, so. You know, it was a little weird at first. And, you know, like my homies were telling me they don't know if that's that's it or not. But it ended up, you know, working out. But as soon as I got to L.A., like, I will say I dropped, like, because we completely deleted all my SoundCloud catalog, which I kind of regret right now because, like, that was just, like, like, a, like the dark, really, like, the darkest moments of my life. That's whenever I first, you know, started, like, taking Zans and, like, super depressed so that's just like music that's like very personal to me but we cleared my soundcloud and i dropped two songs after that i dropped cutthroat and then the second one was emotions and emotions started taking off so i think like four days later i had meetings with every single label and you know it was surreal but like the thing is is like the people don't notice like whenever something happens to you that fast like it kind of doesn't, it doesn't feel real, one, you know, and two, like, it doesn't hit you right away. So I'm, I'm still, like, I'm still being me, like, cool. Like, I just signed, like, this, this million-dollar deal. But, like, I don't see no face in the room of somebody that 
I know, you know, to like make me feel happy, you know, like, like none of my family, my friends, no, nobody was there. I was with people that like, I really didn't know that well. So that was like a weird feeling for me. Um, but I just kept grinding it out. You know, I've been in LA for about like two and a half years now. And, you know, like you said, like mood went crazy. I, like Gone Girl as well is like, is like a big one for me too. Um, but yeah, man. And, you know, people started calling me an industry plant, which like really pissed me off because. I think, I think that, I think that also hearing you describe the story, when you say it's one of your biggest regret, like deleting your, like, you know, past music. I remember seeing like these, you know, YouTube um, conspiracy theories videos and they were like, Hey, listen, this guy, like once he finally hit the industry plant button, he deleted everything, right? And, and, and try to invalidate all the work you were mm-hmm. putting in to get to the point of being. Right. And something like that, you know, pissed me off because I write my own music, you know, because to me, no one could tell my story better than I can. So, like, I'm very into my art and my craft. And I even direct my own videos because my dream as a kid was to become a director. You know, I look up to Tim Burton and Gus Pornow and, like, you know, a bunch of different directors, but, um, you know, music just happened out of nowhere. Um, cause I, I remember I had this tape and it was called a dance with the devil. And that was like the first tape that I, that I put out and it was getting a lot of attention. So like, whenever I got to LA, like they swiped my whole shit and it, it just, it didn't feel good. And I, now I understand like why people think I'm an industry player. I just came out of nowhere. Songs are going crazy. Like, that's the first thing that they're going to expect. So I decided to call my debut album Industry Plant. So now I'm putting it out there. You guys can't say it anymore. You know, I'm saying it now. Just listen to the music. And if you fuck with the music, then fuck with it. But if you don't, then, you know, fuck you. Like, that's just at, at that point in my career, that's where I was at. Yeah, yeah. so basically you're trying to like you pretty much like you took the power out of the word. Exactly. I mean, yeah. like, I, I, you know, th- that's, I see someone else try to do that or kind of did do it. You know, uh, I think there were, I think it was either, uh, was it GoLink or someone who was on a previous XXL list? And they, on, the, on their freshman cover, they wore the shirt saying industry plan. Because obviously that's the thing that, you know, it's basically, we don't know where you came from. That's basically what, what people are trying to tell you. And it's like, they want to see you fail 20 times. Mm-hmm. They want to see you like, a hundred percent. And, you know, like, usually I really don't speak on, like, where I come from or what I've done. Like, people don't know that, you know, I had zero dollars to my name and I was trapping back at home. You know, like I was I was because I hated working. I hated being told what to do by somebody else. So I started trapping. I started selling and, you know, I'd make like fifteen hundred a day, which is like shit that would take me a week at UPS to make that and it's way more work so I started doing that and for a while like it was working it was working I had one incident where I almost got caught you know when I was running from the cops and then yeah and and then I'm I'm living under my mom and my dad's roof and my mom knows me like the back of her hand she because I dropped this one song it's not on on the internet anymore but I like I basically said I've been stashing all the drugs in my fucking dresser and she went through my whole room. When I came home, everything was just laid out on the floor. 
she heard the song. She heard, yeah, she, she was listening to the song. I didn't think my parents listened to my music, but she was. And as soon as she heard that, she went in like all my dresses and just found a lot of shit. So, you know, that's like the first time that I just like looked at her and I was like, look, I'm trying to break the family chain. And I, I'm trying to like become something that you guys don't think is real, but it's so possible to do in this generation, you know? Because my parents don't understand the internet. They don't understand, you know, like how easy it is now to like get some attention. And um, shortly after that, I got kicked out of my crib and I was living in my friend's uh, like small studio, sleeping on this futon for about like six months. Um, and, you know, shortly after that, I got hit up to go to L.A. So my parents didn't even know I was in L.A. I just left, you know. And the first time I called them back was when I signed the deal. And I was like, just telling my dad, like, I did it, I did it, I did it. And this nigga started crying because he thought I killed somebody. So he was like, really? No way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's just like where his mentality is at. Like, we're from Puerto Rico, you know, it's not. And like, we we lived in the projects. On top of that, we were like homeless. Like, I had holes in my roof, you know, like cockroaches everywhere. Like, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good scene. And, now speak on that because like you know what a lot of and, and i don't know what it is right i don't know if it's because you're a light-skinned kid that you know you're not like like acting tough or whatever the case is they're feeling like because i see the comments they're like oh no he's from a gated community like you had like life like your life was like amazing like you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth before you yeah. got to music not what you're describing no it's not even that at all it's just that i came from nothing so i don't care about i mean you know obviously i need the money you know like, I just bought my mom a house. I'm paying for 60 grand uh, a year for my sister's doctor, you know, like, college, school, whatever. Like, that's the reason why I did this shit. And that's the only shit that I care about. And, you know, a lot of people in L.A. don't like me because I don't put up with the fake shit. I'm so real and I'm in tune with myself that nothing can stop me. Like, um, I remember, I remember the day that my manager called me. And she said, Moo went number one. I really didn't understand what that meant. And I didn't really care either. Because, like, cool, like, like that's achieved. Like, now it's, you know, I just kept asking if the studio was open. Because, I don't know. I'm, I'm the type of person that's never satisfied. And I, there's so many things in this world that I want, like, that I'm not going to stop until I achieve those. You know, like, Michael Jackson got 14 number ones. So, one, number one is cool. And it showed me that, that what I'm capable of, but like, I still got a lot of work to put in, you know, because I want to end, you know, whenever I'm gone, I want to end leaving a stain on this earth and, you know, I, I live forever. Hey, so, you know, and, and by the way, like, so that's your break into the industry, right? Um, you know, I've seen people kind of like say, Hey, you've gone a long time in between projects, and I and I heard and I seen on your Twitter like you, you tweet that you just turned to your new project, but I also seen before you mm-hmm. you had like a mixtape or something like that, and like you scrapped it. Like, wh- wh- what's the creative process there, and like what do you feel like you got to prove this time around? Because you started off by doing industry plan, which is kind of like, hey, listen, if you guys are, are gonna doubt you know my story and you're gonna use this term to kind of invalidate me, I'm just gonna take the power out of it. But now, you know, you have a number one record. People see that, yo, you're actually, you're con- you're consistently producing. What do you have to prove 
with this next project? You know, I want I want a number one project. You know, I want I want to reach new heights, and you know, I I would say that I want to prove people wrong, but I have nothing left to prove to them. I'm only proving shit for myself, and I'm trying to see how good I could get. So you know, I've been taking like guitar lessons. I've been taking singing classes. I've been doing everything that I need to do to become better. And you know, I study a lot of music, so um, I'm more of like a homebody. You won't see me out at parties and shit because I feel like I'm just wasting my time doing that. But obviously, there's like you know some nights like you gotta go and you gotta like hang out with like your friends and shit. But besides that, I'm either at the crib writing poems in my notebook or. I'm at the studio, you know, making music. Hey, so so like your inspirations, I, I felt like that was a very interesting mix, right? Pop, punk, hip hop, you know, like pop, punk, rock, hip hop. I'm like, how do you, where do the influence come in from like all of those things to kind of create your style? And like, do you ever feel like, hey, maybe I have to be a little bit more hip hop to kind of gain you know, some of the people down you is because they want you to be maybe more hip hop than they want you to do these. Other- right, right. And, you know, I think about that a lot because I care about my fans and, you know, I want to give them what they want. So like with this album, because I've I've crossed over to like funk music with Mike Dean. Like we made like some Prince records like I, I, I do all kinds of shit. I got R&B songs, but those won't be in the album because I know it's not time for that yet but it gives me more time to perfect my craft. And I want to be the first artist to dominate every single genre because I'm capable of it. And even though it's a different genre, like it still sounds like me. So like, I know they'll fuck with it, but you know, like you said, my fans want the hip hop shit. The hip hop shit's in the album. It's not all hip hop. You know, uh, I just dropped a new single called Let You, which is obviously pop. And the fans are eating it up right now. So, like, that just shows me, that, like, that they're, they're ready for the pop shit. So I got I got another song with Doja Cat on my album, which will probably probably be coming out in January. Um, and that's just, like, the approach I'm going to take because I originally wanted to be a director. Like, I, I di- direct all my videos. And... You know, I'm just taking this, like, the music and, you know, the talent that God gave me to to achieve whatever I need to. And maybe in, like, 40 years or maybe, like, like 20 years, I'll be directing movies or, like, acting in movies. Like, because I, I just want to do it all. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you say that, right? Like, I, I think what you're probably going through is exactly what people thought you know, Drake was going through early on. And what I mean by that is you have very diverse music and people might like one particular part of it and maybe not, they're not fond or they're not in love with the rest of it, but you have such a wide fan base to, to, to kind of appease. You got to do a little bit of everything and you're probably robbing yourself creatively and also artistically. If you're like, Oh, okay, I'm only going to do and focus on this one thing. So I, I think you're going through that, that little tunnel of, Hey, listen, I understand that you're going to always want more of this, but hey, listen, you got to allow me time to grow and build. And what you're creating here is much more. Just like, yeah, like if, you, if, if they're a true fan, they'll stay along for the ride. You know, 
like Drake has switched it up plenty of times. Like he does like island music and it hits, you know, like, and he, he's done a Spanish song too. I, I think it was, it might've been with Bad Bunny. Can't yeah. remember. But, but, you know, I got a single coming out with Bad Bunny in the spring because Spanish is my first language. I don't really, really? Ever, yeah, I don't really ever tell anybody that, but. Wait, do you speak Spanish fluently? Yeah, my, like my mom barely speaks English. Oh, you don't have an accent like that. So like, you're kind of like, you're, you're like, you're like that, like Idris Elba, like he could like kind of switch it up when necessary. Like he, sometimes he sounds American. Sometimes he sounds straight from the UK. So, so you can speak Spanish. Oh, that's dope then. Yeah, it's super dope. And I've been kind of saving that as like my secret weapon because the Latin world is a whole different world. And that's where I come from. I've just been, you know, taking my time and trying to make sure that I make the right moves and, you know, just just be who I am. I always stay, like, very mysterious because I don't like people knowing everything about me. But, on you know, on this interview right now, I'm, I'm kind of telling a lot because, you know, I fuck, with, I fuck with you. You know, I've seen you do anything, like, and, you know, I, I feel like you're a person that can understand, like, like where I'm coming from because... No, of course. You, you know, coming from nothing to something, like, it takes some adjusting to, uh, to get used to it. But like, now that I'm here, you know, I got my money coming in. I got everything that I could ever ask for. Now it's just time to take my artistry to the next level. You know, I look up to like people like Post Malone, like The Weeknd, or like Michael Jackson, Prince, you know, people that have their own unique sound to them. Cause the the weekend wasn't wasn't was he not doing like like hip hop music at first? Yeah, the, the weekend it, it people like the weekend and even like Post Malone. As you've seen their music career grow, it's hard to pinpoint them into any one thing, right? Like with the hip hop, well, with the weekend, I think what we would call he was doing kind of like a dark. It, it, it was like almost like dark R and B. At first, and then it was, and it was hip hop a little yeah, bit, but, but like kind of pop. The and then you know, like yeah. it went to pop, and like I think you know, I think for him, he's down to put some funk elements in it as well. Like he's down to play with like his like you know um, art and kind of something that's so, new, which I think is to me. To me, you know, and you could quote me on this because I really believe in it. But the weekend is our generation of Michael Jackson, and I truly believe that. You know, from his aesthetic to the shit that he wears to the videos that he's creating, like it's all storyline. And that's like shit that I'm trying to do. You know, like I just dropped my new single and really what the album is about, like last year was such a shitty year. And, you know, I'm not only speaking for myself, I'm speaking for everybody. Like that shit was, that shit was tough. And, you know, and it put me in a really bad headspace, but like, it's weird, but like my my highest moments come from telling all the saddest stories. So I put all those songs together, you know, and you know that's what this album is really about. And it's called "On the Better Things" because I wanted to take a more positive approach after you know having a really tough year. But all the songs are just like very deep and like like just you kind of enter my mind. And that's like all the videos that are, that are going to come out are me explaining what I was going through in my own fantasy. So it's, it doesn't feel like real life, but 
there's a message behind every single video. Hmm. Hey, so so is that why, as you said, like you're trying to look at things on a more positive note? Like I, I believe the the like the stand-in title for like the next project was going to be like nothing nothing's ever good enough too, right? And then you switch it to on a be- better things. Is is that because your mindset change, or is it just like completely new music? No, my mind had had changed. Like I don't want to take another negative approach. I want to take a positive approach. And you know, with my listeners, like I kind of confuse them. Like I take a happy beat and a happy melody. And I tell a sad story. So it kind of like helps them cope with whatever they're going through, but make them feel good at the same time. You know, like, like with mood, like we, we took a pop melody and put trap drums on it. So like, I'm trying to blend genres together. Like I want to blend pop and rap. And I feel like, you know, some of the songs in my album, I did it very well. Especially like the intro to my album um, is is very much like that. It's like pop leaning, but then the verses are hip hop. So like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure if anybody's ever done that, but that's like the direction that I'm going in. And then of course I got like, you know, the internet money songs, the classic Ian songs that like everybody like fucks with. Um, but I just want like, when I talk to my fans, I'm just letting them know that just like every single one of you guys that are watching, we grow up every day, which means my mentality changes. And so is the music because like it can't stay the same forever. If I did the same music every day, I would get bored and I would, I would be lying about how I feel, you know, whenever like the pop, the pop music comes very easily to me. And so does the rock music, which is like, I would listen to rock in high school, but you know, I never pictured myself making rock music. I wanted to be a rapper. I fucked with J. Cole heavy and he was a big influence on me. And he made me, cause like, I feel like me and him grew up like almost like similar. And you know, from being poor to, to almost being okay to living like a normal life and then to blow up right after that, like, you kind of got to see every single end of like what life is. And I feel the same. So like, that's why I, I haven't changed since I, since I blew up. Like I, I stay the same, you know, I keep my best friends around me, people that, you know, were there for me whenever I, I ain't have shit, whenever I was eating Jack in the box tacos every night, like, and I think that's like the smartest way to do it. And I don't got a circle. I got a dot. Like it's only, it's only a few of us. That's a bar. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so like, I don't, cause I don't trust nobody, you know, like the, the bigger I get, the more like I realize that everybody around me got an agenda, uh, an agenda, you know, like they trying to, they trying to make it to the next level. They trying to do this. They trying to do that. Like, and you know, it's, it's kind of hard to deal with every day. That's why I don't really go outside anymore. Like I like to just do like fun shit that I, I couldn't do whenever I was a kid but yeah i mean yeah i mean well so when when you got on like the the freshman list like you know like what, what what's those emotions like like you know the accolades to everything like i understand that you know you're still grounded and everything but you know um you're getting recognized by like your peers in the industry as like hey you're one of those guys um when you receive the news that you're going to be on um the freshman list how'd you feel 
Uh, you know, I'm be completely honest with you. I felt like they should have, you know, put me on the list last year. So whenever they told me, I was just like, cool, it's, it's whatever. And, you know, I I just w- went over there, took the pictures for the magazine, and, and then I dipped out, you know, because I didn't feel appreciated. You know, I was I was already going crazy last year, and I didn't get picked up for it. So, like, now that, like, they saw I have a number one, and, like, I'm doing this, this, and that, like, I don't know. And in my head, I was just, like, not really feeling it and it's not really my place anymore you know you feel like, like you had grown passive because like exactly. oftentimes, oftentimes we see the freshman list and then we're like yo he's like a he's like a sophomore or a junior like why you got him on the list but sometimes they're late in in who they- yeah and that's fine like i mean you know i'm looking at the people that pick the list and i'm just like like, they don't really know what's going on in music. You know, they're just looking at numbers. Like, so, I don't know. It was just a weird feeling. And I and I, I can rap, and I do rap. But, like, I just, it's just, like, proving a point, like, to everybody else. Like, I won't do something just because you want me to do it. You know, I have my own path, and I have, I visualize exactly what I, like, what I need to do, and that's what I follow. Did you feel like, um, because like when you get, when you're on the freshman list, you got to do like a, a freestyle, a cypher. Did you feel like, it, you did you feel a way that it felt like you were still in a proven ground when you think you didn't deserve to be there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to be proven myself, I already did that. I just, like, yeah, because I'm not a freshman. Like, I'm about to drop my sophomore album, you know? Like, I just didn't, I didn't feel like giving them something that they should have got, got last year. And maybe that's just me being ignorant, but like, I don't know. Like, I, whenever it comes to my artistry, like, I have pride in that. And it's just, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me. But, I, you know, like, besides that, like, I respect XXL. I appreciate that they, like, had me on the list and stuff. But I don't know. I, I feel like I'm way past that now. So, I mean, what's usually, um, you know, what's 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 your day to day like though? Like, you know, while you're waiting for you know this next project to drop, you just dropped a song, but like, what's your day to day like in you know um, either recording new music or now that you turned it in, what do you do? Well, I, I had just taken like a little like weekend off at Lake Tahoe, you know, just to get out of LA for a little bit, but I'm still recording every day. I got a studio at the crib. And, you know, my, my best friends, my engineers, like, that's how I started making music. So, you know, I got them out here and we just be cooking up. Like, making music for me is like my therapy. Like, I don't, I enjoy making music. I hate when it starts to feel like a job because, like, this is supposed to be fun. So I'm already working. Since the album's turned in, I'm working on the tape that I'm going to drop in the spring. And it's going to be more, like, hip-hop influenced. Cause like I know that I've been doing like all the pop shit, but I'm just gonna drop, you know, this hip hop tape, and I'm calling it Rebirth, cause I'm dropping it on my birthday, and cause I I just feel, I feel different inside. Like I feel back under my skin. You know, I know exactly what I want to do, and like that tape is gonna have like Metro Boomin, like I'm fe- like featuring Twenty One Savage. You know, I'm getting Chief Keef on it. You know, it's just gonna be like like a summer vibe, you know what I'm saying? 
Oh shit. Yeah, so I mean, um, do do you feel like we've heard of some other artists and, and some of the stuff like you're even saying, even whether it's you feel like, yo, they picked me a little bit too late for freshman list, or some people are calling you industry plant, whatever the case is. Do you feel like maybe like your biggest song may have been a curse? Because sometimes that's what they use a big song to be like, oh, okay, he has nothing but that song. Because it might just be how they're getting introduced to you. Well, for for me, I'm a little bit lucky because it wasn't my song. It's it's our song, but like I was just featured on it, you know. So that that only that only helped me, and I kind of like being the underdog. I'm still like like a lot of people know me, but a lot of people also don't know me. So like that's that's the type of shit that feeds me and like and motivates me to like keep going. Because at the end of the day, like I just want to be the best artist that I could possibly be, and the only way that's gonna happen is you fucking grind every night. Like, I I had sessions with, like, Michael Jackson's team, and they would tell me stories, like, he would leave to the studio at 3 a.m. and then leave at 3 p.m. and rest all day and then come back um, and record, like, every single night, you know? Or even maybe sometimes he would just call them in the middle of the night and be like, yo, everybody pull up and, like, we get into work. So that's kind of how, like, I have my shit. If, if I feel like recording at 4 a.m., because I'm feeling some type of way. Then I got my engineer downstairs, you know, like the studio, everything set up. Like we just, we just go crazy and just try to have fun with it. That's what like me and my best friend before I blew up, like we would make music. We have so much fun. So that's how we treat it now. And, you know, whether it's a hit or it's not a hit, like I like to make music to get, you know, some shit off my mind. Like, just for this album alone, like, I have 500 songs that I made. Damn. 500? Yeah, bro. Like, I'm telling you, like, I work every day. And how do you pick between 500 songs for an LP, which, you know, usually, like, let's say 20 to 25 songs, right? And sometimes it's even less, right? How do you narrow it down from 500 songs? And if you don't use the songs, what happens to those? Well, they just get put in the vault. And whenever my fans are ready, I have some crazy, crazy, crazy songs that, you know, they probably thought I was never capable of doing. So, like, like I said, you know, sometimes the fans aren't ready for everything. So I'm kind of easing them into it. Like, I love I love working with Travis Barker. What, not, not only because, like, I used to listen to him as a kid with my dad. You know, Blink-182 is one of my dad's favorite bands. Like, he's also just so like musically inclined you know he he does the drums but then he also hops on the keyboard and starts doing synths and starts putting the whole track together and um so that's the only person i really work with to make rock music because every time i go in there we make a good song and it's good vibes so like and he he's also like a big brother to me like he he's a mentor so um that's where i sit with that but like I, i'll go i'll go over to mike dean's and you know, work on some, like, some dark shit, you know, like, some dark synthy shit, like, um, I normally don't do, but I got some songs with him, I got some songs with, you know, a couple other people, and they, they just, like, they weren't, they weren't the album, so I'm putting more hip-hop in the album, and then kind of blending it with what I've been, uh, trying to maneuver to, so, it, it is hard to pick between those songs. And, it, like, it took us a couple of weeks to, like, 
actually like put the album together but the album is solid you know i know my fans are gonna love it and i think it's my 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 best piece of work um that's dope hey listen yo i, I have this game that uh i, I want to play it's um it's like a new segment that you know i've been working on it's called this or that all right and um pretty much i'm gonna give you two options or i'm gonna name two different things and you gotta pick one right you gotta pick one and give like uh just a simple sentence or you could just say no comment if you don't want to explain why you picked it right um you ready oh did we lose him i think we lost him his phone probably died no you here 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 i invited him back up in yo my bad i lost you no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, no, I was I was saying that. Uh, so there's a segment that I've been working on. It's called this or that, and um, I want to I want to play the game with you real quick. Okay, I'm gonna name two different things, right? And you get to pick either one of them. You can't. You got to give an answer, and you have to give like a one sentence explanation while you're picking it, or you could just no comment if you want to. But it's more. Um, okay. J Cole or Drake? I'm gonna have to go with J Cole. Really? Yeah. I think he's he's one of the most lyrical artists like that we've had in a minute. He reminds me of like Nas or like Jay-Z, like just just spitting real shit. Like J. Cole taught me how to maneuver correctly just from listening to his music. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with J. Cole. Oh shit. Well well just even a follow-up question. You ever been been to a cold concert? Like or like what's your first cold concert memory? I'm pretty sure you've been to one, right? So in high school, I will watch the 2014 Forest Hills Drive documentary like five times every day when I got back home from school. And I would get so inspired, you know, because I really fuck with him. And this is not me like like saying nothing about Drake. Like, uh, Drake's also a fucking pioneer in, in all this music shit right now. He's forever going to be a legend. But, like, to me, my opinion, I choose Cole. Because, you know, I listen to his, like, old music back to, like, like Friday Night Lights. Or, like, he had a song, like, in a little EP called Three Wishes, like, that I really relate to. And, like, um, and, and nah, you, uh, you, answer, a cold <laughs> you gotta be a cold fan to be naming that shit <laughs> yeah you a cold fan I, I feel you on that hey listen we all got our preference and by the way you know i could tell that jaco had an impact this is what i hear from many cold fans the impact that he had on their life and kind of like you know just kind of mapping out his path that kind of parallel theirs like that's more than even music that's just almost that's, that's a deeper it's connection so, like yeah like you know, I was 18 and I was addicted to Zans, like, and I remember the first time I heard Forest Hills Drive, I was sitting in history class and I just had my headphones in and I had to put my head down because I started tearing up. Like, he changed me in a way that, you know, I haven't really been or I haven't felt that from an artist before. And, you know, I appreciate uh, him for that. We know we haven't met yet. You know, I pulled up to his concert and I saw Savage perform, but right before he went on, I, I had like a performance that I had to get to. So it just didn't work out, but I'm sure we'll meet in the future. Um, but I just, I really respect him as an artist and like as a person. 
hey, you're going to look back at leaving this conversation and just be like, when you finally meet him and like you're probably doing a song with him, like, shit, I fucking did it. And, and I'm happy for you. Um, here's the next one. Ready? Uzi, Uzi yeah. or Juice World? So Lil Uzi Vert or Juice World. You can only pick one. And by the way, I, I know there's been, you know, you've done a song with Uzi. Juice World's obviously been an inspiration to you. But if you have to pick one, I had to give you a tough one, brother. You know, I love Uzi, but I'm going to go with Juice World. I think he was headed in the direction to be one of the biggest artists in the world. Like, the way this kid's mind worked and the way he freestyled effort, effortly, like, I look up to that. Like, and just, like, a lot of his songs as well, like, they, they, they're not, it's not just music. Like, if you listen to some of his songs, like, you hear the pain. And you, it kind of gets, like, you get blinded by it because it's a song. And, like, you feel the same way. But, like, this kid was crying out for help the whole time. Like, and I, and I hear it in all his music. And um, I don't know. Juice World, Juice World is, was just, like, a different type of artist that the world will never forget. He, he's, like, to me, like, like, at the same level as, like, X. You know, like where they they created this huge cult following, and you know, only spoke the truth. But the one thing I have to say about their music is that you got to be careful what you manifest, because if you got a million people singing the lyrics of you saying that you're gonna die, or like the purse gonna take your life, like manifestation is a real thing. And if you got millions of people singing that song it's going to make it come true. You know what I'm saying? Because like Juice said in his song, he said, what's the 27 club? We ain't making it past 21. This nigga died right after his birthday. Like, it's just, I don't know. No, that's, does that affect how you kind of bottle up and, and kind of put the message into your music? Because your music is personal as well. And obviously, you know, you've been inspired by Juice, but, but, but do, do you kind of, are you more cognizant about like, hey, let me not put this into it because like the impact it might have on other people and also what it might manifest for myself? Because, you know, like I, I've always, you know, I love Uzi, right? But I've I've seen Uzi like on stage and he's like, yo, we're all going to hell. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going to you know, calm down now. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where like it like at a certain point, it's like, you know, there's an entertainment factor and there's a the art, you know what I mean? And, and that might be your own personal truth. But then it does become manifestation, as you're saying. Right. And, you know, like, this is not putting any dirt on Uzi's name. I fucking love Uzi. Like, I listen to him every day. And, you know, whenever I first met him, like, he's exactly what you would think he is. He's just animated as fuck. Like, he's a really good guy. Like, and he's a pioneer in the game. You know, without Uzi, like, we wouldn't have half of the people that are making music right now. But for me, Juice, like, he, he just says things in, in a certain way that, like, really touch me. And I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, and it's just a tough subject, you know, given that he's passed. But No, I completely get it. Um, I, I have another one. I, I think you might have an easier time um, getting this one. Um, Machine Gun Kelly or Travis Barker? Oh, come on. You can't split them up like that. No, I got to. You said this is gonna go, gonna be easy. You mm -hmm. said it was gonna be easy. This ain't easy. 
I feel I feel like it would be easy. Look, man, I'm gonna go machine gun Kelly a big bro, but I'm gonna go with with Travis because that's why right. he's okay. He's a, he's a fucking legend. My man survived a plane crash, got back right, got back into music. You know, like he he was given a second chance at life, and I really appreciate him for that because me and him had have had conversations about it, like. He told me that the day he was leaving to hop on that flight, his daughter was crying to him, telling him that the roof was going to come off. And wait, what? Whoa! When the, yeah, when the, when the plane crashed, the roof came off of the plane, and you know, to him, it all made sense. And like, like think about it. You just crashed in a plane. He's just he's trying to like get out, and he jumps into the fuel tank. My man is completely on fire, running down the street. Like, that's some shit that you would see in a fucking movie. Like, and for him to just recover from that and, you know, you know, he's also sober now and vegan, like, just doing really good for himself. Like, I respect that heavily. And it's just like, and he always, like, has window, uh, wisdom to, like, give to me. And I really appreciate that. Honestly, I've never heard that part of the story with the plane crash it was always like wait how do you survive a plane crash and for me i always thought okay it had to be like somehow i don't know a wheel broke off it just never took off but like not like a plane crash where like as you would be thinking about a plane crash but hearing that he jumped into the fuel tank yeah like he he's like i remember you said his like vision was blurry like because you know like you just hit the ground pretty hard and he's trying to find his way out he jumps out lands on the fuel tank bro and he completely catches on fire like and starts running down the street people hopping out their cars telling him to stop drop and roll and he does but like trav was fully tatted when that happened all his tattoos were gone and like the procedures like that they did for him like what do you mean they were gone like they were like like, it was third degree they were burnt off yeah bro they were burnt off like he had to get re-tatted and you know, the procedure that he had to go through for, for like, all those uh, degree burns, they had to, like, brush him with a metal brush to get all the shit out. And he said it was the most painful experience of his life. So, like, I mean, I don't know. That's just some shit that you can only imagine. No, no, that's crazy. And, and, and by the way, you know, I'm so happy for him because the life that I see him living now, you know, it's like he's, he's taking the opportunity and also taking – he's taking the fact that he has a second chance at life and he's not, he's not using it for granted. Like he's not just doing whatever, like he's living a very careful, clean life. And I respect that. I got another one for you though. And I, this one gotta be easy. Mm-hmm. I think this one's going to be easy. Cause you mentioned this person's name before. Trippy red or XXX okay. tentacion. No, no. What? No. Look, I choose both because Trippy has been in the game for a while now. And, you know, I used to jam his music all the fucking time, including X. X is another person that helped me, like, cure, like, the depression I was going through. Like, like a lot of people don't know, like, whenever you make it, like, all you see is the glamorous parts about it. And, you know, shit gets tough out here, especially with all the politics and the people you're around, like everybody wearing a mask, you don't you don't know who to trust because you ain't never been through nothing with these people. Like that's what X helped me through. But like Trip, like that's just my boy, bro. Like I've been jamming his shit, and 
you know, I give nothing but respect to him, to both of them, you know, especially like their friendship and everything. I, I just got to choose both. Yeah, dude, I, I'll give you a pass for that one. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, you know, um, both have their, their unique impact, like on this generation. Like, I, I just feel like when I think about just artists who are fearless, I, I, I think about X and I, and I think about just what he stood for mm-hmm. and, and the mere fact that I feel like he was willing to run into a burning building, like metaphorically, in terms of he would do things that if your label or your manager, people who would be advising the artist would be like, definitely don't do that. And if he thought that was the truth and if he thought that he was standing for something, he would do it. And well, look, the, like, I think like I think he was a free agent whenever he was dropping his music. He wasn't signing nobody. And that's why he was doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do, because that's what he believed in. Which is insane, like that he had no label, no nothing. I always always thought he was so fearless because at that time, I remember when he got out and like, you know, you know, whether you agree with his whole issue with Drake or not, like the fearlessness that took, you know, the amount of passion I saw saw with X, I've just never seen it before. And it was just someone who like was willing to live and die on every moment and everything he stood for, you know? He was not scared to die. He was not scared to die. And if, if there was something that someone was saying to him that, or someone did to him that he didn't believe in, like he was going to confront it. And I think he was so intellectual, like with the words he would speak, like that life that he had right before he passed, bro. Like that's the type of shit that like, like that lives on forever, bro. Like he was telling, he was preaching to all his fans and little did they know that like he died like an hour after that. Yeah. And by the way, so we have a chat room here too. And I, and I see a bunch of people like, you know, commenting just to clarify to you guys, because I know the, the backstory and the ins and out of that, like X wasn't, X wasn't signed until he got to Capitol, which was right before he dropped Sad in that album, which he died right before, you know what I mean? The album even came out. So like the majority of the time, most of the songs that he dropped, he he had a single deal with Empire, but that wasn't necessarily being signed, you know? So like... Was, was he signed whenever he, uh, 17 came out? No. No, no, no. See, that's he dropped that's it, when, and then later on, Empire signed a a I think it was a album and a single deal that they could they could like you know monetize that for him. But you got to remember, Empire at that point in history, they're they're so independent; they don't even have any partnerships. Like now, they have a small partnership with, mm-hmm. with Universal. They have nothing with Universal. Empire was basically like. Uh, I don't want to compare it to like TuneCore, but like they were de- they were definitely independent. So to say that X was signed the whole time that that's definitely um, um, not true. Yeah, man, it's, and it's crazy, bro. I, like I truly respect him because like because yes, he did wrong. He did a lot of wrong, and he'd admit to it. And he was trying to get better. And like that's the best part. And the saddest part about it is like for some reason when people have done so much wrong and they're in the middle of like changing their lives, like they pass away. Like my homie's dad, you know, my hometown, he was like in a bunch of shit, like I was in and out of jail and he finally got right and they shot him up. They killed him. Like, so it's just sad. And and that also happened to one of my, one of my best friends, you know, 
like the day that I, I flew out to LA, I was talking to my homie and he was just all, like excited, like that he was like, you made it out, boy. Like you in LA, da da da, I'm about to go make some money and I'm gonna come see you. That's the last word that I spoke to him. And the next day, my boy Ryan calls me and he tells me that he's dead. Like he, he went and tried to hit a lick on lean to get the money to fly out to LA. And, the, and the, this dude shot him up 11 times with a Draco. Wow. So like, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know so many, like I could, I know, I know those type of stories, like, and it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, if you don't believe in a higher power, you don't believe in some type of spirituality, um, like it, it's hard to even explain it because I've seen, I've seen people who have done wrong their entire life and they've been good. And the moment they, they have some type of reflection, they're like, Hey, I'm going to change for the better. The moment they start to pivot to that, that's when they die. You know what I mean? That's when they mm-hmm. demise, which like, you can't even explain it. You're like, so nothing happened to this guy when he was just wilding out. But as soon as he's like, you know what? That's not the way. And I should probably move differently. They meet their demise. Trust me. I know. And it just, it kind of hit me really hard because like before I left to LA, like I had a long talk with him and I kind of told him like, you got to get your shit together, bro. Like, cause he was also, also making music and I believed in him. Like, I was like, you got to focus on this shit and stay out the streets, bro. Cause like eventually that that's just going to catch up to you. But like, you know, some people like you could tell somebody something, but they got to learn for themselves. And it's just really sad that that's how that, how it ended. Now, of course, um, yo, I have one more for you. One more, and and then I do have some more questions about the album because, you know, and by the way, I want to salute to the uh, Spotify Green Room team. Um, you know, I, I think we found out, I don't know if you've mentioned it before, we found out for the first time that, you know, you got a song with Doja Cat, and we definitely want to hear more about what's on the project, but I got one more for you. Um, which, which, this is almost, I think it's a reflection of this year past because you got fired from here. UPS... Or FedEx. I'm going with FedEx because I worked at UPS. They're fucking assholes. <laughs> like I, I would, I would wake up at three in the morning every day to go load up the trucks and shit. And you got to put all the boxes in order. And I would never do it. I would just put them in the truck and just get that shit over with. And then after that, I would deliver the truck. So I'd be working from three a.m. to five p.m. But there was like, so there's like three different ropes. There's red, yellow, and blue. I was in a blue belt. And that manager for that side will always be talking shit to me. And one day he like got in my face and was like talking shit. So we got in a fight. And that's what caused me to get fired. But after that, like I just told myself, like, I don't need to be working a job. Like I could figure this out for myself by myself. And, you know, I never, I never worked a job after that. And then I ended up out here. Hey, it's always interesting to hear like that one job you kind of had while you figured out like how to kind of like progress in your passion. I used to work at Verizon Wireless and I remember just like I was fixing people's computers like in a little cubicle and like I was making these little voiceover videos on YouTube and they were doing good. But like YouTube was such a place that it was so unstable. You didn't even know if this was going to be a career. So I'm like, hey, listen, I just graduated college. I got to do this thing at Verizon Wireless, right? And I remember someone came and like, I was one of the people who like the little big wigs like at the job would just throw their computer like, hey, fix it. I have a problem, right? And they threw me the computer and I remember 
the guy said something and I responded to him and no one knew my face, but my voice was distinct. And he was like, you know, you sound like this guy on YouTube named Academics. And I was like, that's me. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing here? And it's like one of those things where like, I'm, I'm so proud of having that job because it's like, you know what? It, it took me to have that job to actually, you know, gain the courage to go try. And pursue what, what, you, what you were doing. Say it? I said, and like to pursue what you were doing. Yeah, because yo, everybody needs everybody needs that courage, that 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 strength to be like, you know what? Yo, I'm about to go to LA. You know, I'm gonna go try this shit because a lot of times people don't realize they're half-assed in their dream. They're like, oh, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm doing music, but like, really, if, if this is a, I'm playing the lottery. I'm not really going that hard. I'm not making sacrifices, and I'm not really like taking a real chance at this shit. But for most people who make it, right. you got to take that chance, you know. And and your UPS story it reminds me of that. I'm like, listen, everybody has a job that's probably shitty. That's probably just like, you know, not the greatest thing. And you probably have other passions. And, you know, if you're in a position where you could take a risk to go chase your dreams, why not? Look, if, if I could say anything to anybody that's in this chat right now. If you don't give something your all, you will never receive it. Like the world is listening and manifestation is real. If you give your life to something, you could achieve it. And that's with anything, like with what you're doing, with what I'm doing, with like whatever, whatever you're trying to do, like that's all you have to do is give your whole life to this shit. Cause you know, I had plenty of moments where like people were trying to stop me from chasing my dream, thinking that I could never achieve it. You know, I got kicked out of the house at 17. And like I told you, like my dad, it was because my dad was trying to send me to the Navy. Like my dad is in the Navy and my mom is border patrol. So like they were super strict on that. My sister's in school to be an anesthesiologist. And then I'm the fucking middle child talking about I want to be a fucking rapper. And like to my dad coming from where we came from, like that was me telling telling him I want to be a superhero. So like I was working at Walmart at the time and he calls me up. And he tells me, look, like, you're not doing shit with your life. Like, you're a disgrace to this family. I'm sending you to the Navy. And I just hung up on him. And I quickly looked on Google how to avoid getting enlisted in the Navy. And it said visible hand tattoos. So I took my lunch break and I left and I got my hands tatted. And then I came home after that. And I kind of just, like, flexed it to him. And I told him, like, this is what I'm going to do. And if you don't believe in me, then I don't want you to be around me. And, you know, I, then that's what caused me to get kicked out. But, like... That goes back to what I was saying. Like, you got to give your all and everything, you know, like, and you got to make the biggest risk because big risks come with big rewards. So. No, you're, you're, that's such a dope story. And by the way, it's inspiring. I, I kind of give the, the same stories a lot to like, you know, the audience. So I'm so glad you're here to, you know, kind of, you know, kind of share that because there's a lot of people who are you before you're you, you know, they're still in the point of, deciding what they're going to do. They got like, you know, they might have a baby mom that's, you know, just bitching at them. They might be have, they might be living with their mom and their dad who are like, yo, listen, yo, you're too old to be doing this. Listen, you just need to go get a job at like, you know, Amazon and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I think you're definitely living mm-hmm. proof that you could, you could chase your dreams. And when no one believes in you, you can still believe in yourself. Um, yeah. And another thing like that I'll say to everybody in this chat right now, like whenever shit gets tough, that's a test. That's a test from God. He's trying to see if you really like want this shit. And if you move past that and you keep working, bro, it's all going to come. 
Hey, I, I do want to ask you, uh, in terms of, you know, I also like to ask people their first time with, with a bunch of stuff. Like, what was the first time or the first moment you felt like this rap shit's going to work or this music shit's going to work? Like, what was that moment? It was, it was the day that I got kicked out because my pops kicked me out and my mom was crying every day. Like, she wanted me back home, but I was off the grid. Like, and I wasn't responding to every anybody, and they were call, out, calling me, asking me, where you at, where you at, where you at? So that's the day that I dropped my first single on SoundCloud, and it was called Where You At. And it got, like, 14,000 streams on SoundCloud at my first song. And, you know, like, to me at the moment, like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is insane. So, like, ever since that, I just kept dropping music, kept dropping music, and then I eventually dropped my tape. And that's what like got me here. Mm, that's yeah, that's a dope ass story. Um, what was the first thing you spent your, or actually, what was your first first good rap check like? What, what was that like? Um, you know, when I first got my check, the first thing I did, you know, even though my pops kicked me out of the crib, like I know he, like he was just. He was, you know, looking out for me. He 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 doesn't know that that's possible. So the first thing I did, I, I paid off all his credit card debt, you know, and I paid off mm. all my mom's credit card debt, sent my sister some money. And like that, those are the type of things that make me feel good because I, I'm the type of person that I like to be a leader. And, you know, my family needs me because I, 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 I broke the family chain, you know, like we went from being poor to, you know, being okay to live in a normal life to like now this. And, and that's, that's another reason why I work my ass off every day. Like I'm thinking about them and I'm thinking about what, like the chance that I have right now at how young I am, like I could achieve goals that, you know, we never even knew were possible, you know? So the first, yeah, the first thing I spent was cash on my money, uh, on my family. When you um, when you were reaching out to rappers or to any musician for either collabs, features, or whatever else, who was the first person to show you love? The first person to show me love, I would say it, it was Black Bear because I walked into a studio session and he was there with like his girl or whatever, and we like chopped it up for like thirty minutes, and he was like, "I fuck with you, happy like you have you know star potential, and you know just keep keep doing this." But one person I have to also involve in that is uh, my, one of my best friends, poor Stacey, because, you know, he, he was just like, he always had my back. Because I had people in my hometown that, like, would stay with me. Like, we'd all be together. Like, I didn't have to really worry much. But Stacy was one of those people that was, like, he kind of got attached. And, like, he knew that, like, because I'm a good soul, you know. I, and I've done bad things. But, like, at, at the end of the day, like, I try my best to just keep everything positive and, you know, take a positive approach. And, you know, if something goes bad, I use that as an advantage to like uh, empower me to do better. But Stacy like was one person that had my back. Now that's dope. Um, what was the uh, first disappointment you learned because of the industry, you know, getting into the industry, you know, a lot of people see it glamorized, but, you know, it's a very up and down roller coasty 
type of ride where like you're learning lessons constantly oh, yeah. and then also you're going to get disappointed you know people only celebrate the victories i always tell people this you celebrate the wins but you never see when hey there's mm-hmm. disappointment you know there's letdowns and you have to go through that to kind of toughen up well look that that goes back to what i was saying like people see the shit on instagram people see the music videos they see this and that and think that that it's all glory but like Every single artist that has made it to where they're at had to go through a lot of shit. And for me, like, the first thing that really, like, upset me was I had someone take a lot of money from me over a contract. And, you know, like, I had just got this money, like, this is money that I would kill somebody for. You know, like, so, like, it hit me really hard. But then, like I said, I used all those moments to empower me. And I, I just said, like, you know, he could keep that shit. He broke. He's trying to make easy money. Like, I, I have what I've got going on, and I'm going to make something, you know, bigger out of myself. And, you know, just, just let it go. It's, so it was a situation where, like, you know, it's so basically you got to take advantage of a little bit. But, like, instead of, like, kind of harping on that or, like, oh, I got to, you know what I mean, whatever, whatever, you're like, yo, fuck it. Like, yo, I'm me. I'm going to make way more than that, right? Exactly. Like, I got bigger dreams. Like, like you just trying to make the, the easy money. I'm trying to make it all the way to the top. So if this is the journey that I got to take, that was, I always take it as a lesson because now like nobody's, nobody's jipping me like that. Like I understand the industry. I know how this shit works, you know, I, and I, I know how to maneuver around it. So it's a little bit easier now. And that's why like, I feel like back under my skin and, you know, I'm, I'm making the best music of my life right now. And I, I really appreciate it. You know, I appreciate all those moments that were that weren't the best moments because they only made me a better person. No, that's dope. And, and um, the last one, really, uh, the first time you met someone that you were like, oh, like I don't know, I want to call it starstruck, but you're like, oh shit, like this is this person who I used to really fuck with before I even thought this was a reality. Yeah, um, you know, because there's not many people that I'll meet that I'm starstruck over, but. Whenever I first met Post Malone, um, I, like my eyes opened up pretty wide. Like I was just, I was kind of in shock that he was like actually standing right in front of me. But like we drank a couple beers and like we talked for like an hour. And like I don't know, he was just like, he, he's he's who like I inspired to be like. He has everything that he could ever ask for, but he's the most genuine and kind person that you'll ever meet. The nicest dude ever. Hey, yo, yo, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yo, I, I used to kind of like be, I feel like I was mean to Post Malone like in, in the beginning of his career. Yo, I met the dude, I felt like an asshole. Yo, he's the nicest person ever. Like, like so he, he's fun. so nice, so genuine. You know, he treats everyone like a like like a regular, you know, um human being. He respects people. And it's like it's one of those people yeah. who you're like, if I had to pick someone to hang out with and there wouldn't have to be a factor of, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. Like, it's him. He's so down earth. You, like, you kind of just forget that he's Post Malone. Like, now I see him as Austin. Like, like yeah. you know, we have real conversation. He's spending wisdom to me. Like, like and, and those are moments that I really appreciate because, you know, he's been in the game for a while now, like six years or so. So, like, um, you know, not only did I look up to him, but like for him to like, you know, be telling me like how it was for him and like how he dealt with things to get to where he's at now. Like, I really appreciate it. And, you know, like, I don't know, as a kid, like I remember 
I would always be in the backseat of my mom's car and now tell her that I was going to LA. And her famous quote was, you better get a good job. And, you know, that shit always stuck with me. But, like, I don't know, just seeing him, you know, after looking up to him for so long, like, I just appreciate moments like that. Mm. No, that's dope, man. And Post is just an amazing person. Uh, listen, before we get out of here, man, we got to get really into this album. Um, I well, Are you calling it an album? Is it the project? What is it um, directly? It's, a, it's an album. There's 16 songs. And so, like, okay, you know, I, I'm taking the positive approach on the, the name of the project. But, yeah, on a all things. these songs that I made were whenever I was, you know, trying to get clean. And I was just off of it every day. So, like, um, you know, I, I just spit everything that was real to me and exactly how I felt. And because, like, sometimes I'd be scared to put those type of songs out, but I know that there's at least one person out there that's going through the same thing, and it might help them, you know, um, get clean, just like I did. And I don't know, man, like... At first, I just started, I, I just loved making music. But now that, like, I have a job, like, to help people. I have, and I already helped a lot of people. So, like, I take that, I take that in, like, um, I take that and I, I use it, like, in my music. And that's why I like to, there's a lot of songs where, like, I'm talking about a sad story on a happy beat with a happy melody. And, you know, like I said, it confuses the listener to, like, think about it, like, like, they're listening to the lyrics and, like, they're sad, but, like, the beat's making them feel better. And, like, the vibrations, I always put my songs to a certain frequency, which is, like, the frequency to make you feel like you're happy inside. And that's my way of, like, trying to help everybody. And I just want to help as many people as I can before, you know, my time's up. Um, and no, that, that's definitely amazing. So, like, when it comes to, like, people who are on the project, 16 songs, um, let's start with the producers first. I love to show the producers love. Obviously, I know Internet Money, I, um, Nick Mirror, or someone in, in you know, Taz Taylor's circle yeah, is going to yeah. be involved, you know, by the way. Salute 10K. You know what yeah. I mean? Salute my man Sam, by the way. <laughs> Sam hit me and was like, yo, yo, take care of my guy, Ian Dior. You know, I, I have so so much love for uh, 10K. Um but um, who else is going to be on the project, your production-wise? And how did you, like, trying to match all those genres and sounds and feel into an album, how did you pick the producers? So, you know, the intro of my album is with Brian Lee. Um, and if you don't know who that is, like, he, he worked on a lot of uh, early, like, Post Malone songs. And he's very talented. He like the type of beats that he makes are very cinematic. Um, so I I got. Him. Let's see what the next the next songs with Nick. Um, fuck, I got I got to look at the track list. But like I, I I oh I was also working with Circuit. If you know who that is. Yeah. So like me and Circuit mm-hmm. like got really cool. Um. And he produced the the single that I put out and um, the song with Doja Cat. Ah, nice. Um, When it comes to features, who else is on it? So the features, this album, I'm not doing a lot of features because I want people to hear me. But um, we got MGK, we got Doja Cat, and then the two rock songs are featuring Travis. But... 
so I mean, you kind of gave us like a little bit, you know, of like, you know, either MGK or Travis, but like, what is it? I don't know if you guys like were in the studio together or whatever, but like, give us like the experience of creating music with them and what you probably learned from that. Man, first of all, I have nothing but respect to MGK for being in the game as long as he's has. And now he's like, I feel, to me, I feel like he's in his prime. Um, every time, like I, me and him are so similar. Like, you know, we, we pull up with just, you know, when like whenever we, like, we say we link up, we're not bringing a whole squad of people. It's just us. And like we go skate. Like I remember like we, we went skating in the mall and got chased by like security guards and shit like some shit that i would do like before i was blown up and shit but it was really fun and you know right after that we went to the studio and we made two songs we made sick and tired and we made uh nothing inside which are both out one is on his album one's on mine um but i don't know something about me and him like we just really like we really connect with each other when we're in the studio and you know obviously our voices complement each other and stuff so like, we created a bond so fast, you know, like, and I'm also, you know, I'm not probably not supposed to say this, but I'm, I'm doing like four or five shows with him overseas starting in January. Yeah, so it's going to be really lit. I'm trying to get Travis to pull up too if he, if he's down. Oh, but shit. Like. Yo, yo, listen. So, and, and excuse my ignorance, right? Like, I don't know exactly how your shows are like, but your MGK shows are fucking wild. Them shits are like, it's bananas. Like, uh, 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 what's yeah. the synergy there? And like, you know, you know, shit, explain to me how like even your like performance is like, because, you know, obviously I hear the songs, but I haven't seen like the live, you know, kind of, you know, activation of those songs are. Before, before I go out on stage, you know, uh, the night before, I hop on the treadmill and I sing the whole set while I'm running, you know, just to get myself in shape. And then, you know, 30 minutes before I go on, I'm I'm laying on the couch and I have my eyes closed and I'm picturing exactly how I'm going to like maneuver, like when I go out there, how I'm going to get the, you know, how I'm going to engage with the fans and everything. And people always think that I'm nervous, but I'm really just like focused on like, you know, giving somebody a good show. So, so like, I'm very calm, you know, I'm chill as fuck whenever I'm just, you know, like talking to you right now. But when I hop on stage, I, I, I black out, like, like no alcohol, no nothing. Like I just black out and I get lost in the moment. And that's my favorite time. Like, that's my favorite thing about being an artist, like is being on stage and just putting everything out there. And I'll always like talk to my fans and like, you know, spit wisdom to them and all that stuff. And I think that's the most important thing to me about all this. Yeah, so you're going overseas, right? To um to, to do some shows with uh, uh MGK. Hopefully Travis joins as well. Um what else is on the horizon that you know fans could definitely look for? Um, you know, well I'm finally stepping into the fashion game, you know, because I, I always, you know, before I was uh, anything I was like I, when I was working I would spend my whole check just to get an outfit that I really liked you know just to post on the gram and like I always wanted to feel nice um, you know because when I was a little kid I'd get make, made fun of because I didn't like I had holes in my clothes and stuff so like now like that 
I got the money to do it. Like I, I got like three hundred thousand dollars worth of clothes in my closet right now. Like, that, wait, you have a stylist? Like, wait, how did? Whoa, three hundred. Wait, wait, how? Um, I just, I got. You know what? We'll just say I got a problem with shopping. I'm obsessed with it, and you know, one day I'm, a, I'm gonna start my own brand. And, and all these like things that I'm buying, I'm just studying how they, how they do it, and like, you know, like I, I fuck with, um. I fuck with Dior heavy, obviously, but like I've really been tapping into like the Japanese culture and like their their style out there and everything, and it's just it's so unique and different, but simple. Like, and you know, uh, some of it's like starting to hit, you know, out in LA, like fucking um, what's it called, Ace Lorenzo, if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah, like they they hit in spots like that, but um, I don't know, man. I just love buying clothes. You know, it's just like it's like you dress good, you feel good. Um, so have you like been approached by like either Dior or anybody else for like a sponsorship? Because it ha- you have in your name, you know, a lot of people used to say about Gucci though, like, yo, well, Gucci man, like his name been Gucci man. Like, what's Gucci gonna do? Are they gonna eventually partner with him or just try to like fight him for the name? And eventually, we hear they have like you know some type of like you know they show love. We'll just say that. Like, have you ever been approached? So, so I had, I had a meeting with Dior and it was my first time ever talking to them. And the first thing that they told me, they said, don't worry. We think that it's cool that you have Dior in your name. So I was like, I bet like, that means we're going to do business. I'm on their gifting list right now. Anything that new comes out, they th- they'll send it to me. But I think I need to make my, my first approach, which is going to happen on December 6th. I'm the face of um, the cover for MCM's new line. And I'm also designing a line with them with the with their like real designer so that's like my first approach to it but you know those are like it's just just like you know you know just like when you first start it's just steps and steps and steps to get to like where you need to be i want to be known for like my music for fashion and then eventually i'm gonna start acting so like i I just i don't know i just want to do it all Hey, you, you also recently had your modeling debut. Um, was it New York Fashion Week? Yeah, yeah. I did my first runway show. And it was, like, it was kind of funny because, like, I'm used to doing, like, show shows. It's like you go out there, you're out there for yeah, 45 yeah. minutes. Modeling is so easy. Like, you just walk out there, walk up and down one time, and then everybody walks out together and it's done. Like, so it's just, like, a different experience. But... I really love it. You know, like I want to tap into like my fashion side because I'm so creative in all types of ways. You know, like I also paint and, you know, like I draw whenever I feel like I can't like explain how I'm feeling in the studio. I put it on the canvas and I don't know. I like I'm just a very like I have a very active imagination. So like someone told me. Someone told me you also played the guitar or like you were learning. Yeah, yeah. I've been practicing guitar, you know, hopefully on tour I'll be I'll be ready to, you know, perform on stage with it. Um, like that's another thing, you know, because like whenever huh? Why though? Uh, so, so why do all like is it your create is your creativity that's kind of bring you all these places? Because like you don't need to do that, you know what I mean? But like clearly, you know, you seem like you want to keep challenging yourself, you wanna learn more things. Why though? Like I told you, I, like, I feel like I can do anything, you know, whatever it is. Like, if it's a challenge, I'm going to do it. And my dad was always really good at drawing. So I guess, like, that kind of ran in the family. 
but like with the like the fashion shit and like you know the the um switching through genres and all that like that's just me trying to prove to myself that i could do anything and you know me directing my videos like the one person that i really really want to work with it is it'd be like a childhood dream to like actually you know be in person and you know uh direct some shit with him is tim burton so like my whole album is inspired by like his, mm. his style and aesthetic like because i don't know it's 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 very dark but like somehow like pleasing in a way i don't know how to explain it but um yeah i don't know Nah, that's dope, man. Um, listen, as we wrap up here, yo, I feel like you know you've given fans like a uh, good reason to um, go check out your new project. I feel like you're grown as an artist. I agree with you that hey, listen, you're you're misunderstood, but I think most artists who are great who do more than one thing because you know these days, you know fans like putting people into a box. If we could just easily identify what you are, we're more you know willing to be like, oh, we like you. But if we can't figure out what you are now, it, it's it's causing like, hey, we can't put this person in the box. So let's like make assumptions about that person. Right. I feel like you're definitely on the right road in the right track to, you know, um, wherever your path is going to lead you. I feel like the new music is going to come out. It's going to definitely be another chance for you to, you know, gain more supporters and also continue to further your vision. Um right. We kind of heard what you got coming up soon. Right. Um, is there anything else that you didn't tell us that you definitely want to um, let's not? Um, I'll tell you, the last thing I'll say is, you know, my good friend, I don't know if you know who Joe Madden is. He's also yeah, yeah. like a big bro to me. And I was talking to him about like, like what I just told you, how I'm putting different genres in my album, you know, just to like show everybody like what I could do. And the one thing that he said that's going to stick for me forever, he said, you're a kid that fits in so many genres but doesn't know where he fits in in life. And, you know, that just it hit me heavy. Like, mm. So what you take from that? I, I took it as a positive thing. Like, like now I just got to I got to find my, my way in this world, you know, like and that's only going to happen by working harder and keep doing what I'm doing, you know, because eventually it's going to catch on. And when it does, I think it's going to be like a really big situation. Hey, that's such a powerful thing. You know, while I was coming up, you know, I had certain mentors and certain people who I looked up to or I would listen to. And I remember a few of them said, especially when I, even when I thought I was making some traction, they were like, hey, listen, you're doing a good job, but you still have yet to find you. And it was one of the most honest things I've ever heard from somebody because it basically challenged me to, you know, kind of dig deeper and to kind of figure out who you are and be mm -hmm. that person un unapologetically to rip down all the barriers, all the facades and be you. And that's the only unique thing that will ever be there when it comes to you. Right. Is the mere fact that nobody else could be you. So if it's like, hey, well, th there's some other artists who who blend genres or this and third, but there's nobody else with your story and who could be honest to the point of your um, life history and also things you're going through. And that's the true you. So I think maybe that's what that person was talking about. Cause I know that's what I took it as when I got kind of advice similar to that. 
as in, hey, listen, you just have to, you just have to be more honest to yourself and find you. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of winning already. What do you mean find me? It was like, no, be you unapologetically. And whether they hate you or love you, you're going to be happy with you because you're being you. Yeah. And that's another thing that I took from it. Like, fuck all the hate. People always going to hate. And if they're hating, you're doing something right. So like, as I take this journey, you know, I'm only 22. Like I got a long way to go. Like, I'm going to just, I'm going to keep trying to find myself and I'm going to keep doing exactly what I'm doing. And like, honestly, when he told me that, that's whenever I was able to pick out the songs that I needed to for the album. Like it just, it really touched me. Like nobody has ever spoken to me like in a real perspective like that because he's, he's seen it all. He's been through it all. Like, so hearing it from him, just like, I don't know, it kind of changed my perspective on like where I'm at right now. Nah, nah, that's such a dope-ass story, man. Um, and, and also, that's a dope-ass thing to to kind of like, you know, kind of keep you grounded a little bit because, you know, sometimes success doesn't mean you're at the end of the journey. Sometimes it just means, hey, listen, people are watching, you know, and that's big, right? So, like, people might be watching, but, like, you might be having a personal journey to really get to the end of your journey of being great and achieving greatness and actually making a mark on the culture, society, music, you know, your fans, you know, people around you. But it's not necessarily tied to what success is. It's tied to how honest and how true you could be to yourself and find yourself, you know? Like, I, I remember even listening to, um, right. You, right. you know, Lauren Hill. I feel like Lauren Hill went through that. You know, she was successful early, but I, but I think she was still trying to find herself. And while some might consider, like, even her second album and, and other, you know, efforts afterwards, to not be, oh, that's not success in terms of musical stance. I, I, I saw someone who was finding themselves and was able to, whenever she did put out music or attempt to do music, it was even better than ever because, like, that was the authentic of her, you know? So, yeah. yeah and, like, I love that you said Lauren Hill because, like, I, I love her music and, like, that, it was her first album, right? That, like, just yep. like, took off. On Lauren Hill, yep. Yeah, like, like that is tough. That is very tough because she wasn't expecting it to go as crazy as it did. And now people have all these expectations, but like my only advice. Is and also it, the industry, the industry is a bitch. You know what I mean? She saw just so much stuff there that it was compromising to her personal character. It was compromising to her really being at one and being, you know, true to herself that she could either get lost in that just, just to say, Hey, I'm successful. Or she could say, Hey, listen, the success is great, but I have to find me and I have to find that peace and I have to find. And I think, I think that's who she was, you know, and that's, that's a real artist to me. Nice. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I love Lori Hill. And honestly, I think when I talk to like the great artists of our times, I remember talking to X for hours on end, you know what I mean? Like accolades was whatever, but for him, he, his, you know, goal and the things he cared about wasn't necessarily success based. It was based on him, what he felt was being true to his his actual feelings and actual form. And he felt that, that, that that's yeah. what an artist is, you know? Yeah, and he just wanted to be heard. That's all he cared about the most. And he wanted people to understand that if, like, they're doing what he's doing, like, there's a way out of it. Like, that's why my favorite album from him is 17 like because it, it was just so far left of what he was doing before 
And, you know, it's very dark. Like the shit that he talks about is just, it's just shit that people no, normally don't speak about. No, you're right. Um, again, a- any other quick announcements before we get out of here, man? Um, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, if you guys don't know, listen, man, um, you've been tuned into the uh, Off the Record podcast. This is a live episode on Spotify Greenroom. Um, you guys will be able to listen to this later on on my show page on Spotify. Um, all you got to do is type in Off the Record with DJ Academics. This will be an episode with, of course, Ian Dior. And we've just had a great conversation of, you know, kind of getting to know each other, but also like he's told me things that I never knew about him. And also he's filled me in and filled in the gap, which I think, you know, for a lot of fans, for whatever you might say about him, you're, you, you've been missing that information. So just kind of hearing it coming from the horse's mouth, I think is dope. But um, I really appreciate the fact that he pulled up. You know, I appreciate the Spotify team for even hooking us up. And, you know, of course, uh, Green Room for, you know, facilitating this conversation. So, hey, listen, um, Ian, man, thank you. If you have any announcements, you want to tell us the album date or some some shit like that, you are open and welcome. Um, I'm sure Spotify would love that. So I'm I'm releasing my track list um, and the album cover on December third. Um, nice. And right now we're just shoot, I'm shooting like three videos right now that's getting ready to, for the album to come out. So the album will come out early January. Oh, perfect. 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 All right. So pretty much we're going to be getting um, On the Better Things by Ian York in January. He just dropped a, a, a new track recently. It's called, uh, is it Let You or my? Yeah, it's called Let You. Exactly. And, um, you know, you guys probably are familiar with at least one or two of his songs, you know, but he's trying to build something as you've heard us talk about here on the podcast. Like he's been trying to build something that's just bigger than, just even music, you know, even, and we didn't even get into that. And I quickly do want you to touch on that because you mentioned just beyond music into like movies and stuff like that. And like, that's one of the things that, you know, has kind of like been my passion in terms of like not being trapped in a box of just only being like this entertainer that only has to like talk about or, or be involved with music. Right. I mean, you know, people are always going to have something to say. I'm only here to do what I, I came here to do. So, like, I don't, I don't ever listen to the hate. I kind of I kind of love it because one day th- that same person that was hating, like, like, even before I made it, a lot of people hated on me and then I made it and they became fans. So I think it's beautiful. You know, let them hate. It's only going to motivate me to go harder and to, to reach goals that they didn't think I was possible of achieving. So I'll just leave it at that. No, I appreciate you. Um, Once again, for everybody who's here, uh, if you have signed up for an account today, make sure you follow me. Um, Listen, we will be doing this at least once a month or so. Um, Actually, you know what? You have have like three minutes. I want to do something different since we're on here. And and I really, I'm trying to see if we could, I want to add like two to three people. They could ask a question. I want to, it has to be very respectful. We're not tolerating any type of hate troll, none like that. Um, but because we're having this live conversation and because we're on this app, you know, I've, I always like, you know, interaction. Is there someone in who I could add? Okay. First of all, you guys have to use the hand raising feature, right? So there's a request system. Um, I'm going to clear it out now. I'm going to clear it all out now. And after I clear it out, so don't request yet. Don't request at all. 
after I clear it out, you guys. Okay, great. So I just cleared it out. You guys can request. I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna just pick two people. Okay. Obviously, I just want respectful questions. Um, and you could ask Ian any question you want. Again, we're not tolerating any type of any type of trolling or anything like that. And I'm trying to do this to be, you know, we're trying to interact with the app a little bit because the first time we're doing a podcast on this app. Okay. Some of these people I kind of know from like my stream. So I'm going to pick somebody who has a serious or I think has a serious. Let me see. Actually, uh, no. Okay, we have a bunch of requests. Jesus Christ. Um, let me add. Wow, this is so many people. Jacob, I'm gonna add you. All right, Jacob, are you here? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Uh, you're you're with uh Ian Dior. We are live on off the record. Um, you got a question? Yeah. So first of all, I think it was a really great episode. So what I wanted to ask was. You mentioned that you had like 500 songs for your project. So um, how is your recording process? So like Doug told told in the interview that he does like a song in like 10 minutes. So do you like record fast, you punch in, or do you take your time like Drake or, or Wayne? So what's your process? Um, so basically every time I'm in the studio, I lay on the floor and I have them set the mic up like to where like, I could record like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes whenever I'm doing the hip hop songs, like you could just freestyle that shit and, you know, just make a quick song. But for like the deeper songs, I like to I like to do melodies first and then I write to the melodies that I did and make a whole story out of it. So it's a, it's a little bit of both. No, th- 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 that's actually dope. Um, Jacob, thank you for that question. And by the way, yeah, I was kind of wondering that too. I, I think the, you know, you know, people are always fascinated by the the workflow and like process of like, you know, entertainers. I remember listening to like even, so nobody, well, I guess some people know this, right? Before I was DJ Academics, I used to try to be a producer back in college, right? And I was trying to produce beats, but Kanye West, you know, at the time, like I remember him saying, yo, I used to do three beats a day. And at least my workflow, like creating three beats a day, I was like, how the heck is he doing that? And then when I hear Thug say he's doing like five to 10 songs, I'm like, how is he doing? So people are always like uh, interested in how, you know, artists kind of like pump out music or come up with ideas. And and when you say like 500 songs, like, and this is really the last question. When, it's, when you say 500 songs, are you talking about complete songs or like, hey, we have like a hook and like a verse? No, I got a second. I got a second vault for songs that are unfinished. But like the 500 songs that I'm talking about, they're all complete. Jeez, like, I'm I'm in a studio every day. You know, like I'll, I'll go throughout my day. I love to record it at nighttime because I feel like that's whenever you know the real side of me comes out. But yeah, there's a lot of songs in there, and it's okay. Like that, they're, that they're not dropping because that's that's just ammo that I could use in the future. Yeah, no, no, that, that's super dope. Um, listen, I, I know I said I was going to take another question, but um, listen, guys, 
we have to run. Um, I've kept I, I've kept Ian Dior actually over his time, and I appreciate him so much for showing up here. Listen, I want to tell you guys if you're watching either here now or you're watching this or listen to this actually on the show page on Spotify. Remember, uh, first of all, this was recorded on the Spotify Green Room app. You could always listen to these episodes the day after or whenever we just throw it over to the Spotify page on my show page, which is Off the Record um, Podcast with DJ Academics. I want to thank our guest, Ian Dior, for showing up here. Uh, we're going to be staying tuned for all the new music he has to put out, his project, and where he's going to go with next. Ian, thank you for showing up here, man. Yeah, I appreciate no you doubt, having man. me. Um, listen, for everybody else, if you're listening to this, remember, off the record, we premiere, or we actually we drop an episode three times a week. We're going to be doing this about a month, well, once every month on Spotify's Green Room, and you guys will be having the opportunity to hop in, you know, listen to these conversations live, also chime in, ask questions. Of course, we, we want to keep it super respectful because, you know, you got to be cognizant of people's time and this is a very serious thing that we got going on here. So just thank you guys. And I hope you guys, um, uh, this will be on the show page shortly, but I hope you guys make sure you've watched all the other episodes before this and also the other episodes to come. Okay. Thank you, Ian. And um, with that being said, unless you have anything else, we're probably going to end. All right. Yo, once again, I appreciate you for having all oh, love, my brother. I'm going to connect with you outside of this with my man, Sam, uh, from, from our 10K. That's my guy. All right? All right. Peace out, guys.